Welcome to your Social Jack weekly coaching session. <clears throat> your influence factory. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, welcoming uh, Dean Delisle, your uh, lead coach, and uh, Kate Hassett, and Jackson Delisle. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Sometimes we'll have that. <laughs> welcome, everybody. Good to have you on. So just to uh, set context, welcome, everybody, to the Influence Factory. If Influence Factory. Yes, yeah. if, it's your, if you're, yeah, so if it's your, so we had a change of program a couple months ago and we're all still getting used to it after about three years of our other program. So welcome yeah. everybody. And uh, plus we all were at events last night and we're doing this production and heading out to San Diego for the, uh, uh, for the gathering event out there. So we're a little bit in transition, but this is going to be an amazing show because we have one of my good friends on. I cannot wait to have him on, but we're going to wait just a minute to cover a few things. So welcome everybody to this edition. And remember, if you want to play with uh, Kate Hassett and her team on social media, uh, just go to get social Jack. That is our handle on Twitter and hashtag influence factory. And we'll pick things up from the show. And look, Kate made it. So no, not just you, Kate, but Kate just tweeted in here that she made it. So thanks, Kate, for jumping on with us. So we have so many new people on. I don't even, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jim just made it too. So welcome, everybody. Okay, so real quick, uh, hearty welcome and a shout out to everybody. So I uh, just want to welcome everyone out there. And remember, we are here for you to build your influence. So this is designed for us to bring people on like Ryan and to bring you news and to teach you little snippets of lessons that we have from our curriculum on how to be an influencer. So we have a whole influencer development program. A lot of you have been through it. Some of you haven't. You can always go to Social Jack to check that out. So real quick, uh, logistics. Make sure you turn off your cell phone, as I just did. Close your email, take some notes, and you will learn something, I promise you, and you'll have something to take away. So real quick, um, the GoToWebinar uh, platform has a mobile app. So if you want to take us on the go, a lot of you are dialed in. A lot of you are on the mobile app, and some of you are sitting at your desk, uh, like a lunch and learn. So that's super cool. So anyway, before we get started, we always like to ask a question. So one of the questions I always like to ask from time to time is, uh, and even if you don't want to put uh, uh, first names, last names, depending on who this is, but I want to know who has recently influenced you to get you where you are today. So you can put initials, names, maybe you can name somebody, maybe it's somebody famous, maybe it's somebody we don't know, but just a shout out to the person that has influenced you the most to where you are today. So Kate, who comes to mind when I say that? Cause I know I always spring these on you guys. So. Um, my dad, he's influenced me a lot. He's got like a stellar work ethic. He's not a celebrity or an influencer, but you know, awesome man, good work ethic. And I think I got a lot of that from him. So great guy. Right on. Uh, we have Lisa that put in JD and Jackson. I don't know if that's you, but Jackson, how about you? Who's, uh, who has influenced you? Uh, I would have to say you did, you know, that was, you know, just growing up watching you, you know, do all this stuff. And then I just kind of followed along with it. So it just kind of happened. So it was really cool. Thanks, man. Thanks. And, uh, and I would say, uh, uh, somebody just put AR in here and, uh, I, some of, you know, I used to work for Tony Robbins, but there's a lot of times where he would say impactful things that I still journal about. And, and everybody's had that person touch their lives where it's like, 
that one thing or that pivotal moment. And last night, Kate, at the talk, we talked about something that that causes you to shift. And we're going to talk about Ryan because he's had some some shifts and, and it's been magical watching him sort of sort of come through the ranks. But I want you to think about the people that have helped you make that turn to the right, turn to the left and has changed your life forever. So don't forget to reach out and thank that person. And thank you for everybody that has put in. They're talking about their friends, their family. Uh, they're talking about people. Uh, so shout outs to them. So remember, uh, whether it's on social media or maybe it's a text message, just go, you know what? I, I think I'm just going to say thanks today. So we call that a gratitude post or just gratitude. So thank you, everybody, for playing along with that. And remember to thank those that have helped you get to this moment. Now, Social Jack members, remember, log in because we have tons of updates. We have new classes. We have all kinds of new worksheets. Uh, continuously are putting up these episodes. And Jackson, if people want to tune into the uh, sort of the podcast version of this, can you just shout out at least some of the channels that we're on out there if you want to listen after the fact? Yes. Yeah, so we are up on uh, iTunes. That gets uploaded uh, by the next day. And that's on uh, also on Google uh, Play Store, and then the uh, what's it? Oh, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, as well as YouTube. If you want to watch the recording and see all of our slides, so it's real cool. What's the one like knitting? What is that one that has oh, like Stitcher? We're on yes. Stitcher as well. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thanks. All right. So I don't know half of these channels. So, but anyway, and soon to be on, uh, I think Spotify, right? Yeah. We're working stuff. to get that approved. So. Right on, right on. And remember to check your messages. You guys always have discounts to events. Speaking of events, we have an upcoming network event. We have uh, on 227, it's next Tuesday here in Chicago, right downtown. You guys have uh, passes and extra passes available that are still sitting in the queue just for Social Jack members and Influence Factory peeps. Uh, Jackson, how many passes are left? I know you checked it this morning. Yeah, so uh, it looks like we only have 10 seats left. So really jump on those guys, because even if you have passes available, uh, once those 10 seats are gone, you can't, uh, we can't make any more room. So. so right now, today only, if you guys type in DD, my initials, 100, you can get an extra pass or a pass for yourself 100% off. But you have to do it today. And that's just for the people that are listening. DD100. <laughs> Valerie just typed it in. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Valerie's awesome. All right. Cool. A mind reader. She's a mind reader, I know. So, uh, but that's gonna that's gonna chew up those ten seats fast. We just want to make sure that you guys get in. So, the other thing is we have our influencer training events. These are workshops, half day. Uh, we have them downtown Chicago. We travel around to different shows. We're actually gonna do one at Social Media Strategy Summit, where Ryan and I, I believe, met, and we'll talk about this in a minute. Um, but uh, if you want to get in on the waiting list on that, just put in. Uh, actually, I'll put up a poll here real quick, and then Kate will jump on with the news. Uh, do you want to be on the waiting list for either the next uh, Influence Frenzy networking event or Influencer Workshop? Just click on uh, one that you want to be on. Uh, there you go. Ta-da. There we go. Okay, cool. All right. So, Kate, while people are clicking on that, do you have some news for us, right? I do. So, um, our first article today is Snapchat selling their own merchandise. So I don't want to see the eye rolls because I know a lot of you have said Snapchat is not that relevant to your business. Well, things are changing and that's why we keep bringing it up. Snapchat's becoming less of a social media oriented thing and more of a business marketing oriented 
um, platform and they're using this new feature called the Snap Store. So they've teamed up with Jordan. Of course, we're from Chicago, so we all love Jordan. It was a really cool article. And Jordan, the shoe company, is actually selling their shoes inside Snapchat in the app with a QR code. So Facebook, what? Instagram, Pinterest, they've already been doing e-commerce. Snapchat's a little late on the game, but it's going to be fantastic because it's going to be really targeted towards those millennials who are spending money and are all over Snapchat. So just some things to look at. It might not be relevant to you right now, but Snapchat is changing the game. And I think there's going to be a lot more coming. Yeah, that's interesting. In fact, you know, what's interesting is we, um, most of our clients are now trying to figure out from a B2B perspective, how do we get to that younger audience? So we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of classes and sessions on Snapchat. Uh, I'm still learning. I, I barely snap enough. I, I think that's the term. Uh, but, uh, but I do gram a little more. That's Instagram. So those are my terms. But, but anyway, uh, and they laugh at me, but I, I'm learning too. So as you have questions or you want classes, go, please have a Snapchat class or whatever you guys need, just ask. Um, so, uh, so now we have this other piece of news, which I think is going to be interesting. And I may even have Ryan comment on when he comes on later. Go ahead. Yeah, so, um, and of course, don't forget, if you can't see the screen or if you are not listening live, we're going to send the links to this. But this is a super interesting article from social media today, someone's entire perspective on why copying your competitors is ruining your content marketing strategy. And so it's, it's a really good read. You should take the time to go back. But basically, the main points are that competitors actually could be clueless. You could be copying content strategies and, and not even knowing what the back end looks like, what their ROI is, what they're getting out of it. Are they even monetizing? Are they making money? So you should be way more weary to copy content strategy from a competitor. But my view on it, and I understand, I understand what they're saying. My view on it is if you're starting from brand new, absolutely copying to an extent is a great idea to see what they're doing in terms of engagement. But according to this article, also you should be setting your own goals, deciding what you want to obtain, and then obviously finding the right tools to complete that. So I think if you're brand new to the game, copying to an extent is gonna be really smart, but you just need to keep in mind, you're not looking for, you're not copying for what they're getting monetizing wise, because you can't see it. You're just copying for what they're getting out of engagement. But if you've been doing this for a while, you should have your own brand, your own goals, and shouldn't be subjecting yourself to taking someone else's stuff. Yeah, right on. And one of the things, because, you know, as part of our influencer development, we um, we help each and every one of you develop your story. You know, so part of our influencer development program is the first thing we do is we help you develop your story. Well, we don't want you to develop someone else's story, but you can be inspired by others. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I like to say is be aware of your competitors and be inspired by your competitors, but don't necessarily copy your competitors. I also say connect and attach and learn from your competitors. Sometimes they make the best partners. So, you know, but that's once you get going a little bit and you feel a little better about it. But good call, Kate. Thanks for Absolutely. the Absolutely. And we see this a lot with influencer engagement because when we bring in a new influencer for our development package, we ask them what influencers they like and we'll go research their social media and kind of plan out what they post and how we can get those goals. So I really think with influencer marketing, it's a little more relevant to not to, to look at your competitors than with brand marketing. 
Yeah, right on. That's a great call. Okay, so real quick, I'm just going to talk about uh, this week's lesson. Before, uh, While I do this, I'm going to put another poll up. And it's just if, if you want to talk to somebody about Social Jack membership, I'm just going to put this up and you guys can uh, can respond to this. So real quick, um, today's lesson, we're going to talk about, I'm going to teach you how to, I'm going to give you a quick calculation of how you can get an extra 4 million uh, connections, I'm going to say connections in your social network on one platform per year. Okay, let's do the math on this. So we always tell you to connect and, and actually um, connect to two new people a day. Now make sure that that person is part of your target. So as we look at the target, we want to make sure that that target is actually, um, so let's say you want to meet uh, financial advisors or you want to meet uh, CEOs or vice presidents and all of you know who your target is. So go and connect to two of those people a day. Now it could be somebody that you meet, but just set that mini goal. And if you think about it, every single person that you connect to has a network by two degrees, you know? So we help you do the math on this. So if you think about the average reach of a person that you connect to it is about, uh, four to 8,000. So let's just say conservatively, that would be if you connected two new people a day, you're adding about 8,000 relevant connections by two degrees. Well, you start doing the math on this and now all of a sudden you're at, you're at 80,000 a week. You know, if you do two connections a day, you know, now all of a sudden you're up to 16,000, uh, 80,000. Um, I think that's 80,000, uh, a week and you're up to 4 million a year, but just think of the power of your social team. Remember everybody here has been somewhat trained on social team, or if you've been part of social Jack, when you attract those people to you and now you become more present with your brand and you engage on social media, those people in that network begin to see you. And so what we're going to talk about with Ryan today is, is he has been always been my go-to person on everything uh, social media. So when I think in a B2B setting, and I think most of us represent a B2B setting, we're talking about how can we be more successful with social media? But I want you to remember that it's not just about the media, it's about the connections. So without further ado, I'm going to bring my good friend Ryan on, uh, who's uh, who I've known and I believe we met at Social Media Strategy Summit. And so, um, so Ryan, uh, live from uh, Minnesota, is, is jumping on here with us. And so there he is. What's happening, buddy? Hey, Dean. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. This is wonderful. Yeah. And so Ryan's that person where I'm not sure where to go. I'll ask him anyway, even if I've never <laughs> known that he knows about it, because he usually is so doggone resourceful. But I find this fascinating. So the day after you got married, you ran a full marathon together. <clears throat> And, and you're still running because you, you've run full four, full marathons. But I always uh, catch snippets of you riding your bike 12 miles each way. And you just changed jobs, so you're still riding uh, the bike. And then um, we know about, you know, we're going to get into social media, but you've got a varsity jacket in high school for being the girls' basketball team statistician. T what the heck? How did that happen? So proud. So proud. Um, I, uh, so the, the thing about this, if you notice, like, when you talked about running and being on a bike, I mean, bike is a little more complicated because you have to have like pretty good balance, I guess, but they're fairly simple. I don't have to be super coordinated to do those things. And that's just it. I'm, I'm not very coordinated. 
also I'm not very competitive or athletic. So those things that you mentioned, I'm not good at, I just do them to try to keep me somewhat in shape. But the statistician thing was the result of me not being coordinated. I love basketball. It's probably the one sport that I, that I genuinely love. And I, um, I tried out for the high school basketball team. I didn't make it. And um, so I was still, still love basketball and I was really deep into math back then. And so our math teacher was the girls basketball team, friends with him. And he convinced me to do that. And I actually had a blast, but it's just funny because I, I wasn't good enough at sports to actually letter, varsity letter and anything. <laughs> I mean, a varsity, getting a varsity letter and jacket from, <laughs> from uh, being a statistician. So there you go. So, um, so, you know, and I, you know, I'm fond of you cause we always play and we always talk and we have a great time together. One of the, one people. of the things I, I, yeah. And I feel like I've watched you evolve into who you are today. And so I remember meeting at social media strategy summit and I think we were all goofing off and doing some, maybe at that time it was probably more Periscope than anything else, but we were just having fun and goofing off with it. And then everybody, every one of us would show up with different devices hooked to our phone to say, oh, and you were the first one, I think to have the Snapchat uh, camera, right? That at least- Yeah, might. I had the, I had the snap, I had the Snapchat spectacles or the snap spectacles, yep. So, oh, you know, yeah. when I, th I think of the reason I've, I've always been attracted to you is, you know, I've always been on that bleeding edge and I was talking about social media, social selling and, and, you know, even other technologies way before they were like in best practice or use. So, so tell me about that, that part of you that attracts you to that next thing. I'm just curious. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, um, I think the, the thing for me personally that I, I always try to think about, like when I answer something, how could this be helpful to someone else? Because I don't, we're all different. So I, I say that because uh, being, I've been doing this as a profession now as social media profession professional for eight years in three different companies. And before I was even doing it, I mean, obviously I was using social even back then, but it was always something that I was genuinely passionate about of how it could integrate into the organization. I also find myself very passionate about the power of social, even on my personal, um, for my personal um, usage. And so the connections I make with people like you, Dean, uh, and, and various other people are so meaningful to me because I would not have met those people if it was not for social media. And I, and I feel like the way I use it and the passion that I have for it in my personal life um, always blends into my passion and strategy, even in, in the professional life. And so um, getting back to your question, uh, you know, knowing all of that, I think because I'm so invested in social media, both as a profession and, and in my personal life, I'm always interested in what's coming up next. I don't have uh, that FOMO, that fear of missing out um, thing, because I, I also am trying to be realistic with the fact that there's things that come out that, sound kind of cool, they're a little different, but, um, you know, let's, let's just let's kind of keep our eye on it, but let's, and, you know, I'm, I'm interested if they, they work really differently, but I'm also not going to be like on every single new platform that comes out. But if I'm starting to see it and, and, you know, by being connected in social, that's a beautiful thing about this is we're always connected to what's happening. We're in the know. Um, if there's something that just is really building up steam and is, and is of interest, then I'm going to jump on it. And, and I also see these new platforms and I, I kind of think of Snapchat three, four years ago, yeah, about three, four years ago, as an example of that, where it was already, it already existed, but 
I just never could figure it out personally. Like, why are people using this? Why are people using it? But it never went away. And so I started to for I forced myself. That was the one platform where it really forced myself. And I think Twitter was the one way back in the day where I had to force myself to try to figure it out. And when I did, the thing about Snapchat that really opened up my eyes was that it's it's such a creative platform. You can do endless amounts of creativity with storytelling. And now let's obviously transfer it into the the gram, as Dean says, the gram stories. But but anyway, wrapping this up, I just I feel that because I immerse myself in these these you know technologies that are advancing, these these tools that are advancing, that are getting more popularity, it helps me learn, it helps me understand how our consumers, our target audience is leveraging these tools and why they are, because they're being entertained, they're enjoying you know, their time with it. And I wanna make sure that when we create content that we're giving them that experience through that tool. So long-winded answer, but I think that explains it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one question that just came in from, uh, for, from Kate, Snapchat, um, for instance, you know, does Snapchat make sense? Are we just having our leadership be the face on Snapchat? Or, um, and and I, I know the answer, but I want to hear what you say about that. So from people that just don't even get it, like let's say they know LinkedIn and some Facebook and things like that, why is Snapchat so different? Well, I mean, if you have to think about the platforms individually and sort of assess what the what the purpose of each platform is, because one is not going to do everything for your organization. So obviously, you know, let's just start with that. So Facebook is obviously the place for friends and family. It's where it's has the most the largest adoption rate. And, you know, it's kind of this close knit family. This algorithm changes, making even more of this you know enjoyable personal experience that's personalized to what you like and don't like. And, uh, and that's the, the, the main area. Then there's LinkedIn for professional networking. Then there's Twitter for connecting with like-minded individuals. So you see like each platform has a different purpose. Uh, and, and then Instagram is obviously that visual representation of your life uh, and, and, and what's moments that are happening in your life. Uh, and, and then Snapchat is, you know, kind of a combination of messaging or messaging app for one-to-one -one messaging or group messaging but also the storytelling piece that now Instagram is obviously um, baked into their platform too. So the storytelling piece is, is really centered around um, raw, uncut, like this is me, but also it's geared towards um, humor, entertainment. Uh, and so I, I mentioned this because it's kind of, it's harder to explain because Snapchat as a tool is so different in how you create content. Um, you almost have to kind of map it out and think about what you're doing to tell a good story versus just posting a video on, on, on Facebook or an image on Facebook to really kind of figure it out. And so, you're, you know, if your business should be on there or not, that's really for you to decide. Um, but, you know, there's so many ways to integrate your business. You don't have to have necessarily a brand presence that's constantly putting out stories all the time. Um, you could just leverage cards. And if your organization, it makes sense for a Snapchat filter that you guys create to pop up at, a, at an event in a specific area that's tied to what you guys are passionate about and would make people want to use it as part of their entertainment consumption, that's influence right there. You're getting brand identity. You're educating people through an entertainment, entertaining way. So there's so much more, and I know this isn't a talk just about Snapchat, right. but hopefully that kind of gives you a high-level overview of what to think about. You know, and I think about it, I just did this snap of us just now, and um, I think about um, how this whole thing plays out with 
um, you know, you know, if you think about it, we talk about social networks as an event, but really our day is an event and, and people are, are somewhat tuned in or checked into the fascination. So I follow you because next thing I know you're on your bike, then you're at an event, then you're at the office and then you're on your bike again. And so I was just like, oh, I feel like I was with Ryan today. And I think there's that human connectivity factor yeah. that, that, that connects us, not just to the people, but to the brand. And Kate, who asked the question, they're they're a nonprofit. They're in a charity, and they they have to hit that younger crowd because they they serve children, you know, with uh, hearing disabilities. So, as as we as we go into this, I think of people want to connect with the people that are part of that brand, and we call that humanizing the brand. So you've done that at the last couple companies. Maybe take us down some path of even just humanizing the brand with or without Snapchat. Yeah, great. Uh, so totally passionate about this. Just uh, obviously, this is one of the many reasons why Dean and I get along so well because we see eye to eye on a lot of this stuff, and that's why we're in this field too. Because um, we we both know um, you know how to break through the noise. And 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 the the great thing about the strategy uh, and and how to create influence is, you know, throw social media out the door and just think about like what happens in the real world. I mean, when you make that individual connection with somebody at a coffee shop for me it would be a coffee shop because i don't don't drink much but i love coffee uh or or at a bar or, or at an, an event or something like that you make an, a connection on some kind of commonality and and that's meaningful and that that's memorable and um why should that be different on social if anything if you feel like you're pushing stuff out in hopes that somebody will catch on to it and you're really not speaking to your people then you're, you're missing out so so, I mean, for me, that, that has always been an element. Um, so three jobs ago, uh, the, when I first started in social media in 2010, it was at Capella University, an online university. So obviously a huge opportunity for, for social media. Um, and we were doing all the, the traditional things. So we had channels at the time that, that made sense, primarily Facebook for us. Um, but we, we, weren't, um, we weren't providing the online student the opportunity to, to connect with a human. Um, even just outside of social. The way that the online student would research the school was obviously applying online. And then an enrollment counselor, which was me initially, um, would call them. So it was, a, it was a phone call. And then our communication was between phone and email, phone and email, phone and email. So, you know, here you are, a student that's looking to join a school that they haven't done, they haven't been to school in 10 years, 15 years, maybe even 20 years. I'm thinking about going back to school, let alone it being online now. And it's like, you know, what is this, what is this going to be, be like? And they're potentially going to invest thousands of dollars. So this is what was going through my mind when I started there. I was like, you know, we have this, this tool. It's available for us to kind of put faces to names and humanize and let them get to know us as an individual, uh, let alone, less, of, less of us as a salesperson more of us as a person that's here to help and this is who I am. So I worked with them and we launched several Facebook pages that were individual pages that would uh, have the person, you know, the enrollment counselor's picture on their profile, the traditional Facebook page, and they would add content about, you know, things. We would, we would encourage them to add content about things in their personal life that they were comfortable sharing, you know, whether it's like I excited to spend the weekend with my cat or whatever that would be kind of relatable conversation in addition to content that was around the program that they were exploring. So that worked really, really well. I think they're still doing it to this date. Um, it's challenging because it's very, um, you know, there's a lot of, you have to manage different people on how they use social media and that's always different, but that's going to be launched a community there to humanize that. And I was looked at the university, a lot of, a lot of PhD students that would meet with me at our 
dissertation retreats would, would say, to us, you're the face, you're, you're like the brand, you're the face of this university because you're the one that we see. And of course, that the first thing I thought was, well, why isn't our CEO the face? You know, like why we need to get him more, more present out there and, and, and have someone that can coach him through that. So I was working on that, but then, then transitioned to a completely different industry, B2B, software, totally different, whole new set of challenges. Biggest challenge was we would make software for companies all over the world, custom software. And most of those clients didn't want us to talk about the fact that we actually made their software. So we couldn't actually market the, the end result product. We couldn't say, go to the app store, download this app, go to this website. We made it. So from a marketing standpoint, what do we market? Well, you know, we did have content. We did have a content strategy that educated people. Great. But outside of that, we also started to implement um, um, highlighting the talent, the people in the organization that actually did the development, the design work, the project management, the people that that our clients would work with. Um, and so we brought them to life and let them talk about why they love working there and best practices and who they are outside of work. And we made videos of that. And it was so engaging and, and, and exciting. And then real quick here, now I work at Be The Match, which is a nonprofit uh, as well. And we work to largest, one of the largest, uh, the largest uh, registry of um, uh, marrow donors, stem cell donors, uh, to help those that are suffering from uh, cancers like leukemia. And our goal is to get people to join the registry. So I've only been here a couple months. I mean, I've known the organization for many years. I've partnered with them for the past year, really passionate about the organization, but we're, we're already working on humanizing the brand. Um, we're going to be launching employee advocacy, which I know is one of those topics you want to talk about. We're going to be, um, we, we already are doing some live streams at events to bring to life what's happening. Posted a picture of our social media team on our social networks, just little things like that. Um, to, to just help people understand who our community is here and, and who's talking to you out there. So uh, that's where I'm at today. And there's so many other things I could talk about, about plans for humanizing here. But if we have time later on, we can cover that. Yeah, for sure. It's funny because uh, when you were talking about uh, the previous company, uh, MentorMate, I was like, yeah. oh, you know, when I first met you and I was looking at the company and I knew you were a speaker and I was looking you up and I like, oh, good. You know, I've got a go to mobile guy, you know, and I was thinking you're the mobile guy and really you weren't. <laughs> and you're like, and no, one time I'm, I was I'm not that smart. <laughs> no, but I was talking to you and you're like, Dean, really, I'm not the mobile guy. <laughs> and I remember you telling me that, but I was like in my head because of the because you did yeah. so much great attachment to the brand i'm like oh you must be the mobile guy but really you were the social guy in a mobile company and what was it what i always found fascinating is when you told me we can't talk about what we do or who we do it for so i was like okay there's that there's that theme of not being able to attach to to the coca-cola network or whoever it is because you can't say right. nothing you know it's like yeah. crazy Great brands. I mean, there was amazing brands out there we couldn't say anything about, but but well, we no, did you the can, work. You don't work there. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. No, I'm, <laughs> so, but no, I mean, it's it's uh, you know, and that's just it. Like, if if, if there's, I have no problem letting people know if, if I'm not the right person to talk to. But if they're coming to me with questions or thoughts, that just tells me that this is working, right? They they feel comfortable going to me. And you know what? Yeah, you might think, well, why aren't they going to the brand? It's because we don't associate our we don't associate relationships with a brand. I mean, the exception to the rule is when it's a very well established brand like a Target or something like that. Yeah, you might get excited over that, and that might make sense. But when it's not like MentorMate, or I mean, even a, a mid-sized organization like Be the Match, you know, um, there's ways that you would associate, but there's also there's people you want to talk to, and, and if you know that you're talking to a person. 
you're going to be receptive to that. A really quick example of how we're doing that right now since I started is every single comment that we make on social, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere, anyone that's commenting on our team is signing it with their last, with their first name at the end of the comment, just to add a little human element to it. And people are responding. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Kip. Thank you, Ryan. Oh, for this nice. information. Yeah. So, so, so everybody, like go yeah. yeah, hopefully everybody just caught that. So what Ryan said is when they're, they're actually tweeting or commenting, they're actually putting their name at the end and that's humanizing the comments, which is super cool. That's, yeah. that's super cool. So, so this is interesting. I didn't think about it till this moment or as you were, as you were talking. So you went from university to B2B company to now nonprofit, which are probably three of the most extreme changes you can make unless you go retail, like in a couple of years. So, so as we look at this, um, you know, the, I think the biggest challenge in employee advocacy is to, and, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of the people share this, is not just the people that you work for, but maybe the partners of how do you get people to play? You know, what, what's what's been some of the common theme in all these environments and then what you're, what, you, what now you're like, okay, I know this works. I'm going to do it this way. So just tell me your thoughts. For like employee advocacy, right? Yeah. And getting people yeah. to join and play. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I yeah, think about yeah. it playing, you know, so. It's so funny. Yesterday, I had a strategy meeting about this and we were brainstorming on this. And I was, so it's, it's very, it's very much fresh in my mind, but you're right. It, I think the, the joy of, of doing these things, by the way, is the fact that I can take my eight years of work and all the mistakes I've made and just tell you, I guess, uh, what actually works. So, so um, to your point, I mean, I, I so in all three organizations, well, we're going to be launching here, but in the past two organizations, past seven years, I've used employee advocacy tools, two different tools. They did the, basically the same thing, just different vendors. Um, and so, yes, there's a there's a common theme, like you said, different industries, but people are people, and there are definitely some themes there. And I, I'm sure everyone on this call and this webinar can can agree when I say what I'm going to say. So, um, so first of all, first mistake that I made um, was launching to the entire organization, saying you know everyone has access to this new tool. It's going to allow you to share out stuff. And I focused on two things that were there are the core issue. One was getting everyone on board with it right off the bat. And two was focusing on share, 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 share. Those were not the right things to do. Um, the reason why is first of all, with the first one, I, I highly recommend so what we're gonna do here is is identify your the people that are like, this is great, I get it. How do I get in? How do I get started? I love it. Like I, I'm I'm like thirsty to, to grab content and be able to share it. I never know where to find stuff. Find those early adopters, make sure that they have access to the tool, they have the proper training, give them some goals that are that are attainable, get them excited. There's obviously even some gamification with a lot of these tools, whatever, whatever motivates them. But if anything, they're self-motivated already because they want to use the, the darn tool, which is great. So you're going to have, I don't know, a percentage there uh, of people. And, and, and what happens with adoption going forward is as they start doing it, by the way, in addition to your teams that are early adopters, you kind of have to give the no exception rule to leadership because you want your leaders to basically you have to say, you, know, you are going to lead by example. Um, if you don't know how social works, that's what this tool is going to do. It's going to help you get content out that's actually already vetted and written and it has all the hashtags and everything. You just click some buttons and it's going to spread it out in your feeds. 
So you're going to lead by example. So you have a leadership on board. You have the early adopters on board. And this buzz starts happening about you know how exciting this tool is. We're obviously tracking wins and talking about how this is helping expand our, our brand visibility and all this stuff. Um, and then that, that that culture started to be created around this tool. It's less of a we're paying for this, so we have to use it, and more of a this is pretty cool stuff. Look at what this is doing for our organization. And by the way, this is this is uh, you know Mary over there sharing something on on LinkedIn, uh, and it's going there. So you have all of that, and that just kind of gets more people to adopt it in time. The other one that I talked about um, to wrap this up was, um, uh, shoot, I forgot the other one. So, so I, <laughs> I talked about I talked about the adoption. Right. Another mistake that I make, darn it. What mistake <laughs> did I make? Did anyone tweet it? Did anyone tweet it? I'll, I'll, I'll remember in a second. Um, adoption and... Well, you you well you said share you you said share share share, which I think it's it's yes, not it. yeah it's not from the person no. it's like from the command of doing, which I think is so impersonal. So I think you're honest. yeah yeah. So the share 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 that thank you that that was brought up because um, there's a stat and I can't tell you where the source is. So take take it for a grain of salt, but it's high about ninety percent of the average social media user consumes they don't share so when you when you launch a tool at, at employees they're part of that demographic of just social media users if they're not comfortable or they don't usually share in their feeds it's not to say that they never should it's not to say they never never going to start doing like a linkedin share which is a little different than a facebook share or a twitter share it's more of you have to understand that and let them know that yes you can share on this it makes it super easy to share an employee advocacy tool but you can also consume content and, and have one place to go and find categorized stuff that's happening in your organization and just be aware of what's going on and get excited about it. And you can contribute to that content. If you're out and about and doing stuff, you can use the mobile app and send some content to us so that everyone else can get access to it. So it was making sure that people knew all the different ways that they could use the platform versus just focusing on sharing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, uh, yeah, and I think that's, I think that's huge. Now, now you mentioned leadership, and so I think that's the struggle that most organizations are going with, no matter what size they are. It's like, how do you get leadership convinced that this is the thing to do, or they need to do it? You know, how do you get that? You know, because there's this whole, you know, now personal branding. You know, we're an influencer development, and we only come in if it's a top-down initiative, because other otherwise. It, it dies on the vine in most cases, you know, if they're you know, in the whole game. So just tell me your thought or your experience around that. Yeah, well, I mean, if your organization, I, I'll just say it, I mean, whatever. Uh, if your organization has good leaders, so if there's that, then they know that they, and being a good leader, they have to lead by example. So, so sort of capitalizing on that and, and, you know, saying to your leadership, okay, so you have an opportunity, yeah, to lead by example here, but here's, you got to tell them what's in it for them. No matter if they're an employee or a leader, they have to still know what's in it for them. So for you personally, as a leader, you're going to be able to, um, you know, further develop your clout that you have out there as an influential leader. Um, we're going to further develop your professional brand, right? So, so whether you're a VP, a director, whatever it is, you know, you you ask them questions, get them talking. Do you currently share things on LinkedIn on a regular basis? Likely, the answer is no, or maybe you know, every once in a while. 
you might get someone that's like, yeah, all the time, that's great, but let's just stick with, with uh, the worst case scenarios. Um, great, you know, this tool is going to allow you to be more consistent with your sharing, start educating your audience, and honestly, their audience is typically gonna be the most engaged because of that clout they have. The fact that they are a director of this organization that's putting out this content of what's going on in their organization or in the industry, it's gonna get more traction than typically uh, an employee's would. Um, there's still benefits to that, but we're focusing on the leadership. So making sure they understand that we're gonna help them take the great leadership and years of experience that they have and give them more clout and more respect out there on social, which in turn is gonna build more brand awareness for the organization, which they want because they want those numbers to stay up. They wanna keep doing things in the right direction. So it really is no different from someone like me to a leader, uh, to someone that's right out of college that's starting their first job in your organization. They have to understand what's in it for them and leadership, again, is no exception to the rule. Um, and, uh, and and you have to give them goals, too. So especially if they're like, you know, I haven't really shared much. I really don't know what to, what to put out there. You're going to use this tool. Your goal is to share one to two pieces of content on your LinkedIn page every week. Can you commit to that goal? Because then if, if employees are seeing them pop up on their LinkedIn feeds and they're seeing them use this tool and they're seeing them talk about the wins that they're getting, they're going to be, they're going to have more respect for using a tool and, and doing it. So yeah, those are and, my tips. Yeah. One thing that um, I just gave a talk on executive presence last night. And, um, and, and so what was interesting is, uh, is, is, is the fact that most executives don't know that they need it. And most, ex you know, it's sort of this term that's like thrown around like thought leadership, right? So it's like one of these right. ambiguous terms, but I think you hit on something important and, and this, this holds true to, you know, Laurel was just talking about, well, what about when you transition from leader to field? And I think one thing that, that we teach or coach in our program when we're doing the training is we say, we want you to post uh, a couple times a week so that you are seen as a thought leader on behalf of our organization to improve That's your great. career. You know, we finish the sentence every time we we make the request. So, um, mm -hmm. so, so do you see that like, cause you, you're now in a nonprofit, you were in a big B2B company, you were at a university, I think in different environments, that's okay. But some might, you know, I, I guess it's okay coming from us because we're from the outside and that's why people bring people in from the outside because we say the same thing that the people that the insider yeah. are saying, yeah. but just they need to hear it. So any, maybe just two sentences, a couple sentences on that. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. And I also think, you know, think about your organization when you, you know, you, you give them those executables, like you said, then you, you, you tell them, you know, kind of the why behind you're going to do this because it's going to help you accomplish that. Um, I also think there's an important piece in there when you talk about different industries of, of, you know, tying it back to your industry. So for us, example, I mean, we're, we're in the, in the healthcare field. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of, of confidential, even in the, even in, at the university, there was a lot of confidential student information. So a lot of the red flags that usually get popped up when we talk about social media, especially when we talk about getting other people to share things is, you know, um, before they even say it, they're thinking, how can, how can I, um, you know, share, share something? I know it's okay to share. So what we would tell them is, well, with the, with this employee obviously tool that we have, we're actually uh, writing the comments, the information uh, in the post for you, for your social networks, 
Um, and if, if it has to be verbatim based on policy or the industry, we make it so you can't edit it. So you literally can only share it and it goes exactly the way we need it to, to be written and you're protected. If it's something that's a little bit more like a culture post about some activity we have going on in the, in the office, a little bit more playful, we can make that where we give you some context to what it says, but you can edit it and create your own um, voice with it. So letting them know that we're taking good care of them and supplying them with something that's not only easy to use, but it's also protecting them and their organization is also going to be a huge buy-in for people. Yeah, that was right more than on. two sentences. No, no, oh no, no. I like it. I like it. And I just want to, I know we only have you for a few more minutes and I have something I, I want to dig into during that time, but I just want to let people know if you have, uh, Ryan is highly engaged, highly social. I have his, I put his screen back up here with at I, Ryan Pena. Uh, so if if people tweet their questions on Social Jack and tag you in it, you okay with that? You know, like you'll- Oh yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. 100%. So Ira and a few of the others, I, I think you have some good, I think we don't have enough time to dig into some of the IP considerations and, and that's a whole, almost a whole session in itself, but it's excellent questions. So uh, real quick, you know, we met at Social Media Strategy Summit. We're gonna see each other in Chicago again here very yes. soon. And, yes. and and you've gone from speaker to MC, you know, and so I was yeah. just like, uh, and you're awesome at it. I mean, there's, I can't even begin to tell the stories of, I know I've danced, I've been in the biggest selfie ever. I mean, there's just like cool stuff that you do. Um, so, you know, we're going to be there again in Chicago and a lot of people listening are Chicago, but they're all over the place. Um, why come to a smaller conference? Because I, I always get this question, but since both in, both of you know you and I hang at these uh, smaller conferences, why why is that better than than maybe these mega conferences that everybody are seeing? And and why is it a better environment from your perspective? Yeah, you know, I think um, I think the biggest thing is is you know you, you talk about going to an event like this where there's anywhere from 100 to 300 people there. Uh, somewhere in between is usually the number and um, I just feel like there's um, genuinely there's a better opportunity to not only get great speakers which can happen in large large conferences too but not only the the, the people you're in attendance with but the speakers everyone comes together and like I remember the, one of the first ones that I went to this was years ago and it hasn't changed with the social media strategy summit events um, these smaller ones is, you know, I, I was hearing from a social media manager at the time at CNN, and, you know, he was speaking earlier that day, I think it was like the opening keynote or something. And, um, you know, when he was up there, you know, I was like, oh, this is great, you know, this is fine. And he was talking about a specific topic in social, and it's like good validation, and then, you know, he was done. And later on at lunch, I'm sitting at the table, one of the round tables, and he sits right next to me. And I mean, we all just sit next to each other, whatever. And and I just find out pretty quickly. I mean, he's no different than me. I mean, he, he's got the same challenges, no staff, no budget, he's trying to get all this stuff done. It's like that validation is so amazing. But we were also able to dig in deeper on some, some tips and tricks. I think it's that community aspect is so important. And I almost want to say, if you're not really that social, don't go to social media strategies. <laughs> you probably shouldn't be in social media, but, but uh, because it is such a communal event. I mean, it's amazing. And you make, you make connections with people, uh, you know, after that two days, two and a half day conference, um, you'll go and you stay connected with them. And I've been on calls with people after the event and we've collaborated more. So it's, it's that communal aspect. 
Isn't that funny? My dad, I was thinking Comdex. I don't know if you're old enough to remember Comdex. Oh, yeah, yeah, Back yeah. in the day, Comdex was this 10, 20,000 person show. And I was one of the biggest resellers for Computer Associates and Microsoft at the time. And I knew Bill Gates and Charles Wong were going to be there from the two companies. And I knew I, I knew their pattern. It was like scoping out the president's motorcade. And I knew exactly when they were going to go to stage and everything like that. And I was nervous. And my dad's like, well, son, I can tell you one thing. He goes, for both of those men, just like you, they put their pants on one leg at a time. Just go talk to them. And I was like, okay. And I went up and I was like, excuse me, Mr. Gates. And he was like, oh, hey, how you doing? And I was like, he talked to me. And so I just had that conversation. But I remember, and so, you know, as you're saying in Social Media Strategy Summit, it's like the head storyteller, you know, Mary from uh, Microsoft. And then you get like, you know, GE is one of our clients. And I've been trying to get a hold of this one guy from, you know, in digital. And next thing I know, he's a speaker. I sit down next to him, like you said, and we're having a croissant and coffee and talking and now we're, you know, doing some stuff, you know? So it's like, it's that cool. You know, it's like that everybody's accessible. Yeah. And you know, and uh, it kind of reminds me of the fact that when you, when you say who <laughs> puts the pants on the same way, I mean, there's something bigger than that. And I think anyone that's on this call, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about leadership, I mean, it's really no different there either. So whether it's at a conference and you see someone that you may look up to, uh, they're just like us, they're, they're, they're people. Same thing with leadership. I, we have to work a lot with them to educate them, give their support, and obviously show, show them how social is working to, to move the company forward. The only recommendation I would tell you there, and this is a little off topic, but from a leadership standpoint and making sure that leaders are on board with you, is just remember that um, you may not think that they care about some things sometimes, but if you remember that leaders are typically very busy people, if you formulate what you need to get done or the ask that you're gonna make or the buy-in that you need from them, make sure that you keep it very high level and very to the point and how it's gonna drive the bottom line because they just don't have the time to hear the whole the whole thing. And, and I've learned that over the years and uh, once I figured that out, I've been able to really make some things happen with leadership and, and get their buy-in and save time for them to ask me questions uh, because I am the expert when it comes to the social media stuff. They're not. So this is another side tip there. Yeah, right on, right on. Thank you so much. Okay, uh, so uh, Ryan, what we usually do is at the end is is Jackson will go through all the questions and things that came in. And and because engagement is such a, a big thing in social media, it's, it's, the, it's the principle of all conversion, community growth, thought leadership, uh, you know, everything, is we give a prize to the person that was most engaged. We give them a Starbucks gift card. And, and what we say is we say, we want you to put something into, have that Starbucks coffee with somebody that you care about and take the things that you learned today and put them into practice. So before we announce that, I'm gonna ask everyone, just type in the one thing uh, you learned from Ryan or while you're on this program that you want, that you're gonna put into action right away. We always ask people, what's the one thing? And uh, Ryan, if you know, in case you're around uh, next week, we have our uh, guest, uh, Melissa Wilson, who has helped over 200 executives uh, write books. So, you know, there's a whole book publishing side of this. Um, and, and so we ask uh, the one thing, we'll announce our winner here in a minute. And then super quick, we always have one last polling. Uh, you wanna grow your influence and you'd like to know more about, we have a poll that's up on the screen. And then uh, Ryan, uh, you know, people are saying, um, 
go to smaller conferences, talk with speakers. Uh, they're saying that, uh, you know, don't be afraid to talk to leaders. Uh, they were talking, look at Snapchat. So it's like funny how people are inspired with the Snapchat thing. Uh, be brave uh, and learn to do a better job of sharing. Uh, go to small conferences again, you know, and really connect with people. Uh, think about looking at Snapchat stories. Uh, so again, I, I just want to let people know that this is a time when uh, we can all really just connect, come together, share. Nobody knows everything. Don't be uh, too big that, that you think you know it all or someone that you're trying to talk to knows it all. Everybody's approachable. We have uh, Ryan, who's a, who's a great source, a great um, friend of ours, and, and we really appreciate having you on. And so with that being said, Ryan Jackson, who was, who was the most engaged person with us today? Uh, today was Laurel Zeman. So Ooh, from Florida, Laurel. Yeah. And it's awesome because this is the first time she was able to join us in a, quite a while. So it's a pretty good welcome back, right? <laughs> right <on. laughs> All right, Ryan. So I'm going to let you take us out, man. So parting. Uh, yeah. And she's, she's all excited. She's giving us a wow and a yay, but uh, I know you have to run. We have to run. We have to jump on a plane. You have a meeting. So uh, yeah. So, so what do you want to leave people with? What's the, what's the one thing to just leave? Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of goes back to what we started talking about in the beginning of this. Um, it's at the core of, of what I'm passionate about, what I believe in. I think today in 2018 beyond, it's not going to change. It's going to get worse, worse, worse is there's going to be more and more noise on social media. There's already a ton of noise. We are hearing a bunch of people talking about the fact that video marketing is important. You know, it's going to help with organic reach. All that's true. Your content strategy needs to be refined and figured out. All that's true. But at the core of all of this, if you really, truly want to break through the noise of social media and make an impact, think about how you would connect outside of the social media walls to your audience, you know, and, and correlate that to your social media strategy. Because if you really think about ways that you could talk with your audience instead of at them, um, you're gonna make a much, much bigger impact. It's not gonna maybe start right away, especially if you're completely overhauling your strategy, but if you stick with it and add that human element to what you're doing, um, humanize your brand, you will see uh, uh, ROI. Yeah, right on, man, right on. Okay, well, everybody, don't forget to connect to Ryan, connect to us on social media. And Ryan, I can't wait till you get to Chicago. We're going to spend a whole bunch of good time together, as always, and yes. have some fun. And uh, from all of us here at Social Jack headquarters, you out there, uh, be an influencer. You already are. Be a better influencer. Make those moves that you just committed to, and we will see you all online. Take care, everybody. Thank you.